Welcome to another online friend simulator. Because everyone can use a friend, even online. I am Francis, aka The Other Guy. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? What's going on? What's happening? What's the crack? I hope you all are doing well. This is a do-over episode from the one I did last week. Um, I am finally back from the Great Philadelphia Comic Con. I am rested. I tried doing a similar thing the other day, and I realized I am way, way too tired to be doing this. So this is technically a redo of a redo. I listened to the last one I did. I'm like, wow, this is really bad. I sound exhausted. So this time around, I'm tired. I'm not tired. I mean, I am tired, but I'm not as tired. And therefore, hopefully, this will be better. All right. Well, so let's start off with what's going on with me. Now, if you are on Twitch and you listen to me live, you kind of already know what's happening. You can listen to the unedited original episode if you are interested at twitch.tv slash aka the other guy. If you're interested in doing that, go ahead and please do so. Otherwise, you can listen to me talk about stuff right now. And I'm kind of glad I waited. I'm glad I, I'm kind of glad I'm redoing this because a couple of things happened recently. One of which is, again, the Great Philadelphia Comic Con, which I'll be talking about in conjunction with the story I told in the last time I recorded this. Also, I will be including an article about loneliness from NPR and how it is a pervasive thing, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. So, a couple weeks ago, I met up with a friend for the very first time, someone I met online. We met briefly once before in Denver, but again, it was a very, very brief meeting of about like 30 seconds or so, which doesn't really count, I don't think. We really didn't get a chance to talk. Um, we really didn't get a chance to get to know each other. So this is the first time after three years finally hanging out and getting to know each other. Um, but during that time, I mean, not during that time, while I was getting to know her, um, we went out to dinner. Now, before we went out to dinner, this is a very bad story. I should have um, done this differently. But before we went out to dinner, I met her roommates. So she was getting ready to go out, <clears throat> and I met her roommates. And discovered something that I didn't realize was a thing. See, I'm an introvert. I am. People don't believe me, but I am. If I'm by myself in any scenario, if I'm alone, I will not talk to anyone. <laughs> Unless they talk to me, of course. If they want to talk to me, awesome. But if I'm by myself and I don't know anyone in a room or in a convention or, you know, at a bus stop or at a grocery store, it doesn't really matter. If I don't know anyone, I'm not going to talk to them. In this particular case, I knew my friend, at least. I mean, for the most part, I know her based off her art interactions online. So that gave me enough comfortableness, I guess, to be able to talk to her roommates. Now, her roommates seem a bit introverted themselves it was a lot of small talk and not just small talk but really short answers and i find that very obviously very difficult to kind of start a conversation with it's difficult to hold a conversation with people who aren't willing to provide you information this is obvious stuff right of course it is but i do something with people who are more introverted than myself and of whom i am getting to know i guess because that's obvious. I have a tendency to become more energetic. I become a little bit of an extrovert if I'm around people who are more introverted than myself. 
As a result, I asked a bunch of questions, I tried to get to know them, and I learned things that their roommate, my friend, didn't know ever. And they've lived, been living together for quite some time. Now, mind you, this is a no fault, my, no fault to my friend, who just, you know, small talk is weird for a lot of people. But people like to talk about themselves. I find other people immensely interesting. And as a result, I am more than happy to ask them questions and get to know them. And getting to know them is more than just asking questions. You have to listen. You have to pick up cues. And look, there's going to be people who are impossible, who do not want to give you any information whatsoever. Those people exist. It's unfortunate, but they exist. And so, as a result, you need to poking and prodding at different subjects. Not like, what do you do for a living? Or how long have you been here? Or how's the weather? You really have to ask what can potentially be weird questions and get to know people that way. That's how I spent the evening with my friend getting to know her is she's an extrovert. I'm an introvert, but I wanted to know more about this person. So I, I, I had a tendency to take over. It's a weird, very, very weird scenario, very weird situation. But this is my pro tip for people out there who are trying to make New acquaintances and new friends. It's difficult, I know. Small talk is the worst. Most people hate small talk. But there's small talk that can lead to deeper conversations, that can lead to really getting to know a person, if you're willing to ask the weirder questions. And that's kind of how you can get something going. But again, most people, in general, want to talk about themselves. And that helps a lot. Because if you show interest in them, they'll show interest in you for the most part. Not everyone does, of course. I mean, come on now. Now, uh, I want to go all the way back to the very beginning of what I said in this podcast. I'm doing this as a redo episode. Now, most of these episodes I do live. And the reason why I'm redoing this one is because, well, I feel like I, met, I forgot or missed out on a lot of good information. Not information, but just a lot of stuff I wanted to say. I'm not saying anything I say is good information, mind you. But I felt like, oh, damn, I forgot. I should have said this, that, and the other thing. And so... I wanted to redo this to make sure that I fill in the gaps because for me, it's easy to get distracted. If I'm tired and distracted, I don't necessarily say everything that's on my mind or forget something or, or, or my mind wanders. I'm still trying to get used to a live recording and I'm going to stick to that. Most of my episodes aren't going to be redos. Again, the last few episodes were um, straight from the live recording. I was very, I wasn't very happy with them. I mean, I'm a perfectionist sort of. I'm not very happy with anything I do, but I was content enough to put it out there because it got the message across. It conveyed what I wanted to say. So that's why I'm redoing this. This is no insult to the people who are there, such as Right Cow and Tony, who are lovely people who are there. So if you do want to hear me live, I'll be doing one probably after you've heard this, maybe before actually you've heard this. Uh, but you can find me again at twitch.tv slash aka the other guy. All right, next story. Let's go straight to Philadelphia because I want to get to these questions. I want to do some story time with the questions that Left Cow has provided me in an email. So let's go straight into the next story or into the next bit of story. I guess I'm doing story time a little bit with uh, the Great Philadelphia Comic Con. This place weirds me out. Okay, this is my second year doing this. Um, I love going to the Great Philadelphia Comic Con because myself, 
uh, my podcasting bosses, I would say, Josh Hawks and Jason Clark. They are the people who run the Points of Interest podcast network. And the network is kind of the official host, or an official, I'm not really sure which, of the Great Philadelphia Comic Con. Now, as a result, I get to talk to some really cool people like Peter Davidson and David Bradley. You know, you might recognize them as the fifth and, I guess, rebirth of the first Doctor. Uh, I got to talk to some really cool people, Kel Mitchell and things like that. So I got to do their panels and talk to them and kind of uh, hang out with them. Really, that's not the, the the big part to me is not talking to them. I mean, it's exciting to be sure. I love speaking with these these cool people. But after that day, they'll forget me. You know, they'll move on with life. Maybe. I mean, I got I was pretty cool with a couple of the um, like the puppeteer on Star Wars and the uh, executive producer of uh, Indiana Jones and who's framed Roger Rabbit. They were cool. And one of the guys from Game of Thrones rem- remembered me and fist bumped me and everything. Like, that was really cool. Uh, but aside from that, and this is me kind of, I apologize if I'm patting myself on the back here, a little self-gloating, but really the people that I, I really care about are the friends that I've met over the years. And the new people that I met this time around, like I met a lot of new people this time around, and I and I befriended quite a few of them, some of them on Facebook. I'm not going to lie. One of them gave me their phone number. I don't really know what to do with that. One one particular person gave me their phone number, and I was like, do I – you're like on the other side of the country. Am I supposed to text? I don't know. If any – look, gentlemen, don't give me advice on this one. Ladies, give me some advice on this one. Am I supposed to? It's been a couple of days. Am I supposed to text this person? Anyway, that's beside the point. I don't really know. Um, I'm kind of new to all this stuff, sort of, you know? Anyway, but these people, these people that I got to know over the span of those three days are the biggest part of what makes this convention so exciting for me because it's the one that I feel most involved in, A, well, obviously, because I'm doing panel stuff and behind-the-scenes stuff. But B, it's the one where I feel most connected to the people that run it, the volunteers, the, the videographers, like the staff. Like I'm, I feel like we're all part of one big family, artists and, and um, illustrators and writers. And it's just like, it's an amazing experience. But I don't know what to do with myself when it's over with because I'm back here 3,000 miles away, bored out of my mind because I already miss those people. I mean, because I physically see these people. I physically was there. I got hugs and I got all sorts of stuff that I don't get here when I'm home. And so as a result, that leads me, so it, it leads me to the story where Americans are a lot lonelier now and young people bear the brunt of it apparently. Now, this is an NPR article. I won't go through it, but um, it was done via a national survey by Cigna, which is a, um, a, a an insurance provider, healthcare insurance provider. And it's been going around for a while that loneliness is a thing. NPR is not the first person to break this. Uh, Cigna is not the first uh, entity to survey people and find this out. Loneliness has become much more pervas- pervasive in our everyday world, you know? It's just a thing that happens now, and we can't escape it. It's uh, it's it's terrible. It, it's so rough to to really kind of 
go through life knowing that we make most of our interactions online. We rarely see the people that we want to see or be with the people we want to be with. Lately on Reddit, I saw some people who found their significant other and, and proposed to people online through Tinder. Now, mind you, I've attempted to try the Tinder thing a while back and not my kind of thing. I'm not, um, I'm about 50 pounds too heavy and about uh, 17 plastic surgeries too ugly uh, to participate in such a thing. But, but I do appreciate those who find it online. But it's rare. It's a, it's a rare thing. And we as people, we rarely find a way out of this loneliness only because, nowadays at least, if we are finding ourselves online more and more. And I'm one of those people who find myself online a lot. Because this is where I do my podcasting. This is where I interact with my friends. This is where I socialize. This is where I, I don't live here, but it, it almost feels like a home. And it's terrible. I'd like to escape this home. I'd like to leave this home if possible. It's rough. But loneliness is there. And as technology uh, evolves and as younger people find themselves more going through texts or through WhatsApp, uh, WhatsApp, I guess, I don't know, I don't remember, interacting through Twitter, through Vero, through whatever social media they're using, that seems to be the way to go. That's how I'm, again, some of the volunteers the friend of me on, on Facebook. That's how it goes. That's how we make friends now. And again, because again, these people are on the other side of the country. It's kind of inevitable. I am the farthest west I can possibly be from these people. The internet, a, bird, a blessing and a curse. So hopefully we can try to curb this loneliness. We need more physical, personal, in-person interactions. And that's what the great Philadelphia Comic-Con did for me. I got so much good in-person interactions with so many wonderful people. People, again, who I didn't ask for anything. I didn't demand anything from anybody. I didn't want anything from anybody. But yet, I still got incredibly positive reactions from people. Smiles, you know. People laughed at my jokes. I got what the one thing I don't get ever really are is are hugs and boy do I love hugs. Mostly I think it's because I don't get it. I don't normally get hugs. Hugs are such an important thing. Physical contact that the the, the amount of chemicals that went through my brain of just like joy from just hugging somebody for whatever number of seconds was just what I needed to hopefully. I mean I honestly feel better. Having gone through that trip, I honestly feel so much better as a human being <laughs> because of that trip, because of going out there. Like, I got my fill for uh, like a month or two or however long it takes before I get my next hug. And not, 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 not those half hugs or whatever, like a real hug. Like, they genuinely liked seeing me there they genuinely liked having me there like that's a that's an amazing incredible feeling to know that somebody wants you there so it's important that stuff is important and of course the 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 way to remove this loneliness is to make more closer interpersonal uh, friendships that are not online that are i guess in my case not 3000 miles away 
either I either I move towards those people who are again lovely, wonderful individuals, or I make them here. But again, but as I am shy, as I am an introvert, it's actually really hard for me to do that. It's really hard for me to do that. Which leads me to story time. Picture this. A movie theater. A lowly man who, at the time, was getting a lot of attention from all sorts of people. I was very fortunate. Um, I was in college. I was working out. I was fit. I was much more positive, much more confident, assertive. I mean, people were, women were flirting with me. It was amazing. It was an amazing experience, amazing feeling. One day, a new employee comes in, someone looking for an application. And I actually don't remember that part. (laughs) I was told I was the one who gave this person the application. But on her first day of work, I noticed a hairpin. It looked old. It looked like it was an it was an antique. It was um, an heirloom, a hand-me-down. Little did I know it was just a, a bauble, some costume jewelry. But I was latched onto this piece of jewelry until the person who was wearing it turned around. And I think it was love at first sight. I was smitten by the woman who stood there behind the concession stand. I didn't know what to do. I had to get to know her. All other women be damned. And at the time, it may sound really weird. It may sound like an impossibility. But I was a ladies' man during that time. I was. Weirdly enough, yes, I was. I was young. I was just, I don't know. I was again it was that confidence. It was just I was I was oozing it. And so we had to talk to get this person to talk to me, and it failed the first couple of times. I had a friend who uh, worked at this place with me, and I'm like, look, you gotta I need to talk to this person somehow. I don't know how. I've just got to. I, I I'm I'm smitten. I am I have been I have been bitten by the love bug. I got to know her. Months passed. We became a couple after about um, six months of flirting and six months of whatever the hell that was, courting, I guess. So for many years, we had a relationship. It was lovely. We didn't argue. We didn't fight. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. But we were both young. She younger than I. I was her first relationship. Which always surprised me. Because I found her, I thought she was very attractive, but apparently, I don't know. As time passed, our relationship blossomed and grew and grew and grew. We even talked about getting married. We spent every moment with each other, which is a no-no, which is a bad thing. Never, never, ever. Make you that you your couple this relate the relationship your entire world never do it, it's, it's terrible. Because after a while you feel trapped, you feel caged. For her being her first relationship, she definitely felt that times ten. 
Over time, cracks began to form in this once impenetrable wall of love. Other people started showing interest in her. Co-workers, other people's boyfriends, other people's husbands. Strange, unwieldy. I didn't know what to do. Time passed. Things happened. And by things, I mean, we did get married. But after the honeymoon, I lost my job. Things got worse. She started lying to me regularly, thinking what she could do to get away with it. She tried very many various ways to try to lie to me, to see what she could possibly get away with. She started cheating on me. She started seeing other people. The other people that she was seeing wanted to tear me down, wanted to break me, wanted to make sure I was destroyed. Blame me for everything. Which in all honesty, maybe it was true. Maybe I am the bad guy. Maybe I was the one that made this all happen. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'm very inept when it comes to knowing what I do and don't do. Very possible that I am the reason why this all went south. But I loved her fiercely. But it wasn't enough. Love wasn't enough. Again, I was unemployed for a very long time. I looked for work. I went back to school. I did everything I could to rekindle what was what made me, quote-unquote, a man. But again, it wasn't enough. I met the co-worker that she had a crush on. He was a very handsome man, tall, wealthy, not wealthy, successful, smarter than I was, had a better job than I did. Of course, at the time, I had zero job at all. And he was smooth, talked like every word was just velvet. The other one, much more manipulative. This other one, well, I'll save the surprise for the end. But he, including, I guess, flirting and sweet-talking my wife at the time, she also, he also pointed out what a terrible human being I was. What a waste of space I was. What a complete and utter loon I was. And yes, because the depression was setting in, I was getting down a spiral of just immense emotion. I, I didn't know how to handle myself. I was falling apart. I was just dying inside. My best friend, the best man of my wedding, not necessarily there. Actually, he wasn't really there. Nowhere to be seen. The one person I needed the most gone. I did this all alone. I had no friends. I had no one to talk to. I had no one to share any of this with. In the end, when, when I thought she was going out to therapy, when I thought she was going out to, to get help, she was really meeting these other men. When she said she was going to these Capoeira classes, she was really doing... I just knew that she was hooking up with other people. I just knew that much. We argued almost every night. We argued and yelled. For years, we didn't argue. For years, we we just kind of made it work. And everything started falling apart. I screamed and yelled. The angriest I've ever been. I didn't want to do anything stupid. I didn't want to do anything 
wrong. And so I left. I left our apartment, got in my car, and left. I told her, right before I left, while I was packing my things, that I would never bother her again. That obviously that this was not a thing that was going to work out. That she preferred the other men, that whatever other men she was seeing, that's what she preferred. And that I would never bother her again. Because all I wanted was for her to be happy. All I wanted was for her to find something that made her happy. And I knew I wasn't it, not anymore. Even though sometimes when she went off to work, she would give me a kiss and tell me, I love you. And would go off to work. Little did I know that after work, she was probably doing the same thing to somebody else. So I left. I left in 9 p.m. on a cold winter day in California. For months. I don't know how many. I always say six. I don't really know how long it was. It could have been seven. It could have been a year. I don't know. But I lived out of my car, all of my clothes, all of my belongings in, in that trunk. That's where I lived. I lived there for however long I could. On occasion, if I could scrap enough money together, I'd get a hotel room just so I can do something different. But for the most part, I slept on my passenger seat because I learned very quickly that if you slept in the driver's seat, you'd fall asleep while driving because you got used to that being your bed. I did all the research I could about living in my car. I found places where I can sleep during the nighttime because sleeping in a car on a on a road is illegal. But at some Walmart, you can. At some 24-hour places, you can. You can get a quick cat nap and then move on with life. What little money I had left depleted. Luckily, I still had a, what remained of a gym membership. I was able to take some showers work out a little bit. Add a few more, I think I had at least six or seven months left on, I don't know, I'm guessing. I had months left on my membership. That's all I knew. And I kept going. Kept keeping clean. Kept living out my car. For entertainment, I would watch a movie when I could. Otherwise, I would spend time in the campus because, well, you know, I was there. The money that was paid for campus was all in loans that weren't to be paid until after I was done. So you know what? I didn't have to worry about it then yet. Sure, I was accumulating a debt before I even got out on top of a debt from a wedding that didn't quite work out after all. My best friend. My best man. I never heard from him. He called me months after I left, after we separated, telling me he lost my phone number after changing phones. And I said, how do you do that? We live in an era where phone numbers were transferred over. It's very strange. I never called him back. He didn't try to call me back after that. Eventually, I found a friend who would let me sleep on their couch. Oh, a husband and wife team who were old co-workers of mine. And they were so nice to let me sleep on their couch while I continued to go to school. I paid them by buying some things for them every once in a while with whatever money I can put together. I started my podcasting then as a way of therapy. I did spend a lot of money then. It was foolish, I know, but I needed that. I needed it because I was in a good place. Eventually, 
when I went to pick up the rest of my things, she still had some of my stuff. As a matter of fact, she kept all of my cool stuff, like my lightsabers and my wands and my all of the cool stuff that I liked, <laughs> she kept. I don't know why. I didn't even think about it at the time. But I picked it up one last time seeing her, one last time before I said goodbye forever, never to see her again. She told me of her trysts with my ex-best friend, or attempted trysts, I guess. Also, the attempted trysts with the person I was living with, apparently, as well. The husband of the woman, of the friend who was giving me a couch to sleep on. I quickly learned that everyone betrayed me. I quickly learned that I could trust no one. I've mentioned it before, and I'll mention it again. That was a time where I thought that the best way to go about doing things was to end my own life, and I did. I tried. I was very close. I was handcuffed. I was bound. I was ready to suffocate myself to death. But in the end, I had people who were going to worry that I was gone. So I didn't do it. Instead, I wrestled out of my bindings. I wrestled out of my little chamber of suffocation. I tried my best to get out of this situation. I did. Obviously, I'm here talking to you guys. Of course, it all has a happy ending, if what you consider happy where I am now. I'm still not in the best places in the world. Still struggling to get back to normal. I have a job, of course. I'm doing this. I have friends, people I trust. I just talked about the convention. I have all these good things. So there's more or less the entire story of the people who betrayed me, of the people I can't trust. It's a very funny, weird story, isn't it? It's very strange. My very, 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 very last interaction with my ex was signing the annulment papers. Never saw her. It was mailed. All taken care of. Luckily, all the texts, all the vile, just, just poisonous texts sent from her and her then-boyfriend, who was my sister's ex-boyfriend, weirdly enough. I believe they're married now with children. They're very happy, which is what I hoped for. It's all I wanted. All I ever wanted was for this person to be happy. All I want for anyone is to be happy. That's, that's what I love. That's what I want from life. The goal in life is to be happy. I want people to be happy. And I found, I find that so far, as far as I can tell, I don't know personally, but from other people's accounts, my best friend is happy. My, the, my, my coworker who lend me a couch and her husband are very happy. My, my ex is happy. Everyone is happy. So what did I learn? Right, Kowlef Kos asks, what did I learn about myself and living in that situation? I learned that life is suffering. Maybe karma has finally gotten to me. I don't know. But other people are happy. And I was miserable in that entire time. But I, I fought through it. I, I met new people. I'm better now. But what I learned most about living in that situation is that you cannot rely on anyone else but you. Because people, people, no matter how much they tell you they're your friend, they will abandon you like that. 
that phrase, bros before hoes, you know, as, as archaic or as whatever that sounds is definitely not true. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. <laughs> so what I learned about myself is really just, I, I have to be resourceful. I have to learn to try to be happy for me, trying to find my own happiness. It's hard because I find happiness being around other people. I don't find happiness just being by myself. I find happiness in the presence of other people, people I like, in friends, in whatever. What I learned about others, again, is that no one can, I don't trust anyone. People will turn on you if the price is right. Is that everyone? I don't know. But what I, can, what I did learn that I can impart to others is that you should never give up hope. Hope is what keeps people going. Now, mind you, I don't actually like the word hope. I don't like the idea of hope because hope can also be what destroys you. We all hope for the best. We all hope for the for happiness. We all or for stuff to go right. Again, you know, a lot of this stuff is luck. You know, a lot of success is luck. Joy is luck. But also, it's a lot of attitude. And that attitude, whatever you're thinking about, whatever your attitude is, can help. It doesn't always. Mind you, there's a lot of people with positive, wonderful attitudes and, and have the, you know, look at the bright side of life that are living in just terrible situations. Does that make it better? I don't know. Does it make it worse? I don't think so. Never give up. Never surrender. Because just around the corner, you never know, might be the thing. Getting that hope. Then there might be that thing right around the corner. Or you make the thing that makes you happy. So there you go. I hope that answered your question. I, I really hope that answered your question there, right, Cal? I know you heard the original episode. If you're listening to this recorded one, why? Why are you listening? This is for everyone else. Um, but yeah, there you go. All right. Now, that's it. If you have any thoughts, feelings, suggestions, all feedback is welcome. 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 All feedback is welcome. You can go ahead and email me at OFSshow at gmail.com. Oh, before I go, I want to give a recommendation. Giving a recommendation. Uh, this one is an obvious one. Go watch um, Marvel's Ag uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I would recommend Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for sure, but also uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. No, what? <laughs> no, not Age of Ultron. Infinity War. Wow. What a brain fart that was. Avengers Infinity War. I saw it twice. It's a great movie. I loved every minute of it. Go watch it. It's a fun time. All right. There's my recommendation. 347-450-4335 is the voicemail. You could be like Tony, a huge fan of the show. Uh, loves the show. Thank you so much, Tony, for sending your voicemails. I'll be uh, talking about one of them uh, in the next episode I do live. So look out for that. Leave a, a review on Apple Podcasts. Whatever you're doing right now, if you're listening to this, stop, take a second, go into Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever you're getting this uh, podcast from. Leave a review. A positive one, if possible. Negative one, if that's what you feel like. I, whatever. What The most important thing is that you leave a review. You leave a message because that stuff is important. Do so because... It helps other people find this place. It helps people find this podcast. I'm at AKA the other guy everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, uh, everywhere. That is my moniker at uh, AKA the other guy. 
Thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, we I really do appreciate it. Next week, or next time, really, um, I'll be talking about... I don't know what, but I'm gonna try to stay positive, keeping the positive. This story, look, I I started I, I started at the top of the roller coaster, and once again down at the bottom. So in the next next time we're together, I'm gonna to bring it right back to the top of goodness. So please remember that you have a friend in me. You have a friend in me. I don't know the lyrics very well, but if you think that I'm cool, then yes, you're swell. Okay, I'm done. I'm not gonna sing it. But there you go. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you all next time. Bye, everybody.